from your end, there is way too much at risk to hire an uninsured wedding photographer. You know, a worst case scenario, what if your wedding photographer died? Hey there, welcome to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. Do you know that the number one regret for most couples after their wedding is usually their photographs? Tammy will share all the knowledge and expertise she has gained over the years to help you get the very best wedding images from your photographer. The conversations on this podcast are going to help you understand how almost every decision you make for your wedding day directly affects your photographer. Tammy is going to give you the knowledge and awareness you need to create a nearly perfect position for your photographer to be in on your wedding day. And that means better images for you to remember your special milestone. Tammy Blaylock is an internationally awarded, nationally featured wedding photographer and published author. Since 2010, she has excelled in helping each of her couples capture beautiful, emotive images from their big day. Tammy wants your wedding day to be as perfect as you do. So tune in and listen up, because this episode's about to begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples Getting Married podcast. This podcast is dedicated to couples who are planning a wedding and want to memorialize that wedding with the best images possible. Thank you so much for listening. Right now, I am totally honored to be on your car's stereo speakers or in your ears if you're on a walk or a run or even on your computer speakers if you're happen to if you happen to be on a lunch break i cannot tell you how important it is to get these messages out and i just want to thank you so much for listening i hope that with today's podcast i hope you learn something and that today's topic helps you to pick out a photographer that will serve you extremely well. So I just want to quickly mention that this podcast correlates to a book that I'm writing. Right now, the official release date is still set for October 4th, but I I am still coming up with chapters to add in this book, so October 4th may or may not be postponed out a little bit, maybe until November sometime. If I don't quit coming up with all these additional topics to add in the book, but I, I just want to make sure that the book is a complete wedding photography guide for all of the couples planning a wedding and that I don't leave any gaps of information out. So if I do come up with, you know, an additional topic to add in the book, there I go typing up another chapter and it kind of throws a monkey wrench in my plan, if you will, because then I have to kind of reset the table of contents, repaginate, go check for all of the spaces in the book that mentioned C page, such and such for this. And it kind of is like a domino effect of all the re-editing that I have to do. So anyhow, the, the tentative date is October 4th. That may or may not change. I hope it doesn't, but if it does, it will be for the better, I promise. I would like to invite all of my listeners to please join my growing Facebook group. If you will just search for Complete Wedding Photography, you can interact with some other couples who are learning 
about ways that they can help their photographer or set their photographer up for success on their wedding day. If you're interested in my wedding photography, you can find more information about me at atagirlphoto.com. That is A-T-A Alpha Tango Alpha Girlphoto.com. I am also on pretty much every single popular social media platform. You can also find me there by searching for at a girl photo. That's A-T-A Girl Photo. And if there is ever a topic you want me to cover or you have a question that you want me to answer, all you have to do is send me an email at Tammy at atagirlphoto.com. T-A-M-M-Y at atagirlphoto.com. Okay, so let's dive right into today's topic. The telltale signs you're dealing with an amateur wedding photographer. If you are planning your first wedding and you really haven't had a lot of one-on-one dealings with professional photographers... I'm going to guess most people's experience with professional photographers are probably the last time is when they either graduated high school or college. And neither of those really have a lot of correlation to wedding photography. So a lot of couples, the only way they know how to, to compare photographers against one another is just based on price. And more often than not... Couples will end up choosing the photographer who has roughly the less expensive price based on their budget, but still who has images that they think they can see themselves in or that that appeal to the couple. But I want to give you some tips, I believe no-fell tips that you can use that will help you easily identify professional, legitimate, bona fide professional photography businesses from those who are more likely to deliver a disappointing experience or disappointing photography. The first one that you can look for is a website. Does the potential photographer that you are considering for to photograph your wedding day, do they have a website? Are they only present on Instagram? Are they only present on Facebook? If that's the case, I would raise a red flag to that. That would cause me to have some concern. Even when I am looking for businesses to do things in my own life, you know, whether it be handyman repairs or to fix something that has gone wrong, you know, that I need help with, I always look for a business's website. If they don't have a website, that causes me to raise a little red flag because website hosting costs money. URLs cost money. Web developers cost money. And if if a business is not going to use a web developer, it takes time and there is a learning curve if you're going to do it yourself. So it takes some investment of the business owner's own time to learn to do this. And I believe that you want someone who is investing into their business because to me, that very easily translates to that business owner also investing in their clients, their customers, their couples. A business owner who is basically just taking all the money and running and not putting any of that money 
back into their business is not a professional business in my eyes. And in order to have the best possible experience, the best possible product and services, and the least chance of being disappointed or let down by a business, the business needs to uphold to the highest standards. And one of my criteria for those high standards are to have a website. You can't rely on free forms of advertising only. You will have to dip into your bottom line a little bit and incur some costs to maintain a professional appearance. And that includes having a website. All right. Number two, the business does not pay taxes. Some of these, you will have no idea if they're paying their tax or not. For instance, you will have no idea if a company is actually claiming their business income and you won't know if they're paying self-employment tax to the IRS. You will have no idea. But there are ways to find out if a business, for instance, is paying Texas sales tax. And in Texas, all photographers should be collecting and paying state sales tax. I will put a link in the show notes where you can click on and search for either the business owner's name. I think you can look by the business owner's business name. I will put a link in the show notes where you can access the Texas Comptroller's database to know if a particular company is collecting and paying sales tax and whether or not that company is in good standing with the state comptroller's office. Sometimes there are instances when a company does have a certificate, but for whatever reason, they become, they are not current on their sales tax. They don't plan properly, and therefore, when it's time to pay the sales tax, they don't have the money to do it. So they become late and therefore not in good standing with the state comptroller's office. Photography businesses in the state of Texas, number one, should be paying that state sales tax. They should be paying a self-employment tax on their federal income tax return. They should be paying a business county property tax. And I can also include a link to that in the show notes for Bear and Atascosa counties and probably in any other states, in any other counties, in any other states, probably a quick Google search will route you to the proper entity that you need to look for to uh, do a little bit of research on a potential photographer that you're considering for your wedding day. And in some cases, depending how they have their business set up, if they are not operating as a sole proprietor, for instance, I operate as a limited liability company, an LLC, so I have to file a state franchise tax report each year. There are so many companies who operate as a cash under the table business. In one of my past podcasts, I laid out a whole scenario how cash under the table businesses hurt everyone else who does pay taxes and lives in those counties and states. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And lastly, it is my opinion that when a photography business doesn't take their own business seriously, it is much more likely that they are not going to take their customer seriously. 
So you end up with unreturned text, unreturned phone calls, unreturned emails. You end up with the photographer not being involved in the planning of your wedding day timeline. You end up with not receiving your wedding day images back in a timely manner. There are all kinds of ways that you can be disappointed by a photography business that doesn't take their photography business seriously. And those are just a few. This segment is being brought to you by Aria Productions. Cherish every moment with storytelling images and cinematic emotional wedding films. Learn more at ariaphotovideo.com. All right. Number three, the photography business doesn't have insurance. A simple question asking the photography business to show you proof, they should be able to show you a rider from an insurance company stating that they are indeed insured. There is just way too much at risk to operate a wedding photography business uninsured. And from your end, there is way too much at risk to hire an uninsured wedding photographer. You know, a worst case scenario, what if your wedding photographer died or became totally incapacitated right before your wedding? You know, what if they were in a catastrophic automobile accident or what if they suffered from a stroke or... I don't know, what if they went hiking and became, you know, missing? Those are all possibilities. So you want to hire an insured photographer should you need to replace them last minute. After the fact, they could lose all of your wedding images because a disc became corrupt. Someone could steal their equipment bag in the middle of your ceremony. I have seen that happen. Or, you know, they could accidentally hurt someone at your wedding. They could carelessly set down an equipment bag. And then, you know, Aunt Edna could come walking along with her walker and trip over it and fall and break both hips. Or let's, let's explore another scenario. What if this happened? What if they tripped Aunt Edna at a wedding prior to yours and Aunt Edna sued them? For everything they had, they lost everything, and then they were forced out of business before your wedding because they were held liable for tripping at Edna. If they were uninsured, you know, they had to give up their savings accounts and their equipment and their cars. You know, what if that is the way that the plaintiff in that suit recovered their damages by taking everything from them because they, number one, they weren't insured. Number two, they were operating as a sole proprietor. So what if they lost everything and then could not photograph your wedding because they were just unable because they had literally no business, no equipment, no car, no money. You want to hire someone who is insured. All right. Number four, you want to hire a photographer who enters into a written agreement with you. And this written agreement should lay out every expectation that you will have for each other. All expectations should be laid out in this written document. It should remove 
all of the guesswork from the photographer-client relationship. The written agreement should establish a working timeline, a model release, a completion schedule. It should detail the retainer and your payment plan, what the backup plan is, and what the cancellation and refund policies are. This way, when you have questions, you always have something in writing to refer back to. You know, handshakes are good and all, but when there are written details laying all of this out, it ensures that there is a meeting of the minds. That is a legal terminology, meaning that we both understand what's going on. When there is not a meeting of the minds, it means that I can think one thing is going to happen and you can think another thing is going to happen and we didn't actually have a meeting of the minds. With a written contract laying out all the details, there is a much better chance for a quote-unquote meeting of the minds. All right, I'm not sure what number we are on, but next is no backup equipment. I would not trust any photographer who showed up to your wedding or said they were going to shoot your wedding with one camera. Let me tell you, all equipment fails. I've been doing this since 2010. And since then, I have had three cameras just die in the middle of a wedding ceremony. Granite, I always have had a backup camera on me. I always shoot with two camera bodies. So it didn't really affect my shooting. I was able to just put the dead camera away and solely work from my second camera body for the remainder of the ceremony. And I will also add in all three cases, I also had a backup shooter. So we basically went from four cameras to three. So it didn't affect us. I will tell you that the first time that I had my camera die, I waited months and months to get it fixed. I believe there at this time, I don't remember what year it was, but there had been one of those tsunamis in Japan. So it had pretty much taken out the Nikon uh, manufacturing lab over there. And I literally had to wait months to get that camera body fixed because of that tsunami. Had that been my only camera, it would have been a nightmare. It could have affected weddings that were planned after the day that that camera died. But now I even have multiple backups of everything. Not only cameras, but memory cards and flashes and reflectors and flash stands and even camera bags. I, I pretty much have a backup of every single piece of equipment that I have. Because you never know when something is just going to give up and that's going to be its last working day. So you always want to have something next in line to take its place. All right. And your last criteria to tell an amateur photographer from pros. And this might be a little bit harder for you to decipher. And it also may be a little bit subjective to you. But the final criteria is lacking technical skill. This is pertaining to photographers who don't take time to get educated. They don't invest in professional level, master level, in-person classes or industry conferences or even certifications. 
There is a lot of really good information on YouTube, but going to YouTube University does not count. You can learn so much better and be inspired so much more effectively when you attend a master level in-person workshop sitting next to 12 or 11 other people who want to learn just as much as you do. And you not only learn during this workshop, you create lifelong industry contacts and colleagues that you can turn on or turn to for the rest of your career. You can reach out to them for questions. You can buy equipment from them. You can collaborate with them. Again, YouTube University has some valuable information, but in no way does it compare to the value that an in-person masterclass offers. No way. When a photographer lacks technical skill, a lot of times they may be shooting their camera on automatic or they may not be using off-camera flash. You know, they may say something like, they are a natural light, comma, photojournalistic photographer. Those words to me signal that they don't know how to pose anyone and they don't know how to use flash. They are not comfortable with it, so they would just rather photograph everything in available light. To make a little analogy for you, I would compare that against eating a cake made from a box. Yes, it looks like cake. It tastes like cake. But is it the best cake you can get? No. Would you rather have a cake with a raspberry filling, like, oh, let's say triple layer and raspberry filling with a cream cheese icing made by a custom baker, a chef? Well, uh, yeah, I would rather have that that kind of a cake. Someone who takes the time to learn from other master, double master, triple master photographers, they have learned proper flattering posing techniques based on century-old master sculptures, the kind you see in the Louvre. And in other museums in the world, the kind that, you know, that are valued at millions of dollars, that is what we base our posing on. We also, you know, base our lighting techniques on centuries old paintings. We also base our framing and composition on those same paintings. We're just not willy nilly taking pictures. Someone who has adequate technical skill are studying with the masters of yesterday and today, and they're taking annual workshops to attain this level of proficiency with their camera, with their framing, with their lighting, with their posing, with their customer experience, with the full gamut of experience that their customers receive. So in closing... Those are the telltale signs that you should be looking for to know whether or not you are dealing with an amateur wedding photography. Don't just look at price because that can go anywhere from 300, you know, on upwards to $25,000 for your wedding photographer. 
And sometimes there will be a an expensive photographer who I would consider may be an amateur wedding photographer. You can't always use price. You should be looking for things like, do they have a website? Are they taking care of their business in a professional way? Is it a legitimate business? Are they paying all the taxes that they should be paying? Do they have insurance? Are they offering you a written agreement that lays out all of the expectations that you will have for each other? Do they have backup equipment? And finally, what is their technical skill? Do they have a certification? Do they continue to attend master level in-person classes? Do they go to industry conferences? What certifications do they have? You know, PPA and WPPI offer certifications and have levels that you can attain that take years and lots of image submissions to get to these levels of mastery. Is your potential wedding photographer doing that? Are they an amateur or a professional? Are your wedding images important to you? If they are, I would lean towards the photographer who is taking their business more seriously and who is filling out all of these checkboxes. Website, taxes, insurance, written agreement, backup equipment, and technical skill. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I hope that you have an extraordinary day today. I hope to catch you next time. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time and we hope that you learned something to make your wedding photographs better and your wedding day less stressful. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others just like you can set their wedding photographer up for success. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you again during the next episode.